Welcome back to another episode of Colony Drop, a podcast about the long-running anime series Mobile Suit Gundam, including the anime, the models, the movies. Oh yes, we celebrate the entire meta genre. My name is Brian, my co-pilot is Isaac, and today we are finishing off our series review of Iron-Blooded Orphan Season 1, starting with the mobile suits. Let's get back to the action. Alright, how about we move to mobile suits? Let's That's do what it. we're all here to see, right? Let's do it, yeah. Alright. Let's start with the main star of the show, Brian. What did you think of the Barbatos? Um, You know, I won't say it's my favorite Gundam in general. I think overall, I'll say straight up, the mobile suits in the show maybe weren't my favorite. But Mm -hmm. out of the ones in the show, I did like the Barbatos. It grew on me. It it has this weird sort of skeleton warrior look to me. Yes, Um, yes, yes, yes. And it has a lot of weird weapons like it has that giant club thing that mika uses towards the end (laughs) where he just sort of pulverizes his enemies it's very again playing on the theme of brutality it's just a real close combat i am gonna beat you to a pulp mobile suit and it definitely looks unique so i'll give it that when it starts losing its reactive armor in i think maybe one of the last battles it definitely reminded me a lot of f91 that suit burns (laughs) off its armor uh, as it heats up I also appreciated, while I love beam weapons, there were no beam weapons in this show. So that was a nice change of pace. Maybe because, again, you wouldn't have quite the hand-to-hand brutality if you have beam sabers, right? You just, cle- instead of cleaving stuff in half, you know, Mika's just bashing people the whole time. <laughs> yeah, that was a good change of pace, and I agree with you almost on every point. I will say it's not my favorite Gundam design in any series, I, what really sticks out to me is just that massive crest on the head. I really don't like it. It's <laughs> oversized. It just it just bugs me. It's like a, a tumor on the forehead of the Gundam. But, that is um, sort of one of its defining features, though. There's nothing like it. <laughs> Other Gundams don't have yeah. a, a crest as much as that one. I agree. And like you said, it's a very lanky Gundam. There's a lot of lanky mobile suits in this series. They're very skeletal. Yeah. But it does what it has to do in the story. It's almost outshined by the characters. Then again, I'm somebody that usually likes the more Xeonic type designs. It was still a pretty cool mobile suit, though. Yeah. Okay. How about the Gundam Gujin? Uh, this was piloted by uh, Kudal. He he was the guy that killed Akihiro's brother. It's a really bulky, green, very Xeonic looking thing I, I would assume that you liked this one it may be our first obese gun <laughs> <laughs> it's very no, large Peptim has had a pretty fat one right the, the o, o the o yeah. the zero man this thing is oh, it's a beast it's like a a zaku that they fed junk food <laughs> <laughs> you're right uh, yeah it's like I, it's like I, a zaku that was bulking and it just never cut it just kept yeah. bulking <laughs> and then they give it that big ass hammer I liked it, though. It was an interesting, different take. It has a lot of Zaku elements, but at the same time, man, they just they just stuffed it to the gills. I was glad to see it on screen, though. It was something different, and it looked well-designed. It was, I don't know, like a, a, Bulbasaur, in a, <laughs> a Bulbasaur in a mobile suit form or Squirtle. and It's just like a big kind of turtley. It does. It does kind of look like monster. a Bulbasaur, yeah. But I, I did appreciate that this one came out of that, that one faction we saw. I think they were called the Brewers. Yeah, the pirates, right? Like, yeah. yeah, it showed you that these sort of Gundam frames left over from the Calamity War are, are sort of out there, and people do have them. They're just really, really rare. And I did like how they, you know, they didn't say it was a Gundam right away. They just said that the the Ahab reactor waves 
were, were similar to the Barbados. So you, if you know, you could infer that, oh wow, this maybe this is a Gundam. That was pretty neat. I thought. Yeah, it was not what you think of when you see or say the word Gundam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was pretty awesome in the show. It was a beast to behold. Okay, how about the Gundam uh, Gujin rebake? That's the same Gundam, but after Akihiro gets gets it, and they you know sort of give it a new set of armor and repaint it. Yeah, this one is much more hero looking, <laughs> right? It is much closer to what we would normally expect a Gundam to look like, but still. You know, they painted it this sort of tan brown yeah. color. And man, I got to say, I, I thought it was pretty ugly. It's not the best design. It, you know what it looks like? It literally looks like what you think of as a support mobile suit. Like this is the support suit that helps out the heroes. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's because, exactly what it looks yeah. like. Yeah. Because Barbados maintains that blue, white, red color scheme that we all expect from a Gundam. And I guess maybe they're purposely tried to not color Akihiro's suit yeah, in the but, same way. But I don't know, like a black yeah. color scheme could have made that thing look a lot better. Right. I, just I, the, the tan, I don't know, it didn't do it for me. It looks like a boss in like an episode 20 or something that they'd fight in the desert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, it definitely like, looks like a desert mobile yeah. suit for sure. It's the commander yeah. of like, you know, the Desert Fox Division and they have to, <laughs> they have to defeat him to get to Egypt or something. <laughs> You know, I like since the pilot, I don't like the mole suit. <laughs> that that might color my opinion of it a little bit because I think it sounds like we're both big fans of Akihiro, and I really wanted him to have like a cool suit, but then he kind of just never really got one. Much like his life, he was often disappointed, and <laughs> he didn't exactly get what he deserved. Yeah, poor guy. How about the Schwalbe Grays? Am I pronouncing that right? Schwalb? Schwalbe? Schwalb. This one, I thought, maybe you'll agree with me on this, very crossbone reminiscent in a way. And I kind of liked it. The one thing I'm not a fan of that these Gallahorn mobile suits get a lot is like the stilettos. I can't stand that. <laughs> I, I just see that and I cringe. You know, I think what else? Who did this? Gundam AGE did this also. Mm-hmm. Uh, those um, the transforming kind of dragon mobile suit that the bad guys used. They had these stilettos, and I hated seeing them. <laughs> it just not only does it look unstable. Can you imagine having this model? You'd knock it over left and right. Yeah, it would it would fall over unless it's you know its gun was holding down on the <laughs> ground as like a tripod. But, yeah, me need a stand. Yeah, I like it from like the uh, the knees up from the knees <laughs> down. Just... I'm not a fan. It it just no. Not a not a big fan of those big stripper boots. Yeah. Huh? Isaac votes no, but this was a good <laughs> mobile suit for for McGillis to use. Yeah, so I thought in general that the grazes, uh, which we saw a lot in the, maybe the first half of the show, uh-huh. I thought they were real underwhelming. Just as a grunt suit, I don't know. They all looked real samey to me. I just didn't feel a lot of personality from the grazes. So maybe that's the intention. But this one definitely had a little more personality, and I enjoyed yeah. watching it on screen. I do agree that the the stiletto boots are a little distracting, but it's terrible. I, <laughs> I do like it in the in the blue color scheme and, yeah. and Galio's purple. I thought that was pretty neat. But you're right; oh, they do have that like crossbone vanguard style. They're very uh, nightly. Beat. Yeah, uh, so I, nightly. I I enjoyed that one. That was probably my favorite enemy like grunt suit, I guess. Pretty much, yeah. I'll I'll say this: it it very Galahorn. It's visually heroic looking. It's something an, an arrogant organization would, would definitely use. Yeah. But going back to what you said a few minutes ago, I feel like a lot of the mobile suits in this show that weren't Gundam were somewhat underwhelming designs. 
they were largely, you know, forgettable in their appearance. They almost seemed very callbacks to to Gundam Wing in a way. Um, a lot of the ones used by uh, Gallahorn, especially, just sort of bland faces and not really anything new that we've seen. I, I, I don't think they had a lot of wow factor compared to something like a Zaku that looks visually evil or, um, you know, even stuff from uh, After War Gundam X where the, the mobile suits sort of had like those three visors that had like a mono eye behind them. Or uh, the bug-looking ones from uh, Victory Gundam. I feel like they might have been able to use better designs in this season. Yeah, I agree. I think what you just said, they weren't very memorable. Because it, I, I couldn't tell you a thing about them right now yeah. without looking up a picture. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll even go a step further and say I would not buy a mobile suit model for these regular frontline units for the Galahorn sent out or even the third party sent out like pirates or whatever. Yeah, not really my not, not something that I'd I'd want to spend time putting together. Yeah, they they may have their fans though. Maybe there's I'm, I'm sure, sure there's they a lot do. of people that love like this sort of toned down aesthetic. Or, you know, I'm sure they do. It's it's almost a little bit armored core. <laughs> those those game series. Do you have you ever seen Full Metal Panic? A little bit, yeah. I've seen the the, yeah, the designs the, here remind me a little bit of of Full Metal Panic. Very similar, very militarized for um you know our century, right? Yeah. Yeah, you could see it being put together with our sort of aesthetic. You know, nobody would buy this, I think, over, say, you know, Gundam Barbados or yeah. um, really any other Gundam that appears in this season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. How about the Gundam that <laughs> one, of, one of the hilarious parts of the show is when Galio says, well, I went home and got my family's Gundam. <laughs> and I brought it to this. Who whose family just has a Gundam sitting in the backyard, like under a tarp? Like, oh, that's that's just the old family heirloom that we passed down. It's the Gundam Kimaris. I'll tell you who the Seven Stars family. <laughs> that's who. So this is the one that he he breaks out and he attaches like some booster legs later on. And makes it look yeah. kind of like a. I thought it was a mobile armor at first. I didn't even realize that it was the same suit. Centaur kind of thing. Yeah, it was very strange. Yeah. Like um, a beetle, a war beetle. <laughs> yeah. But, but this um, one gave me a, a real crossbone vanguard vibe. Yeah, definitely. The color scheme too, right? The purple. Yeah, the white and purple. Mm-hmm. And that I head. really, yeah, I thought it was a good breath of fresh air. It definitely looks like a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually like this Like one. a hero. Yeah. yeah. As an antagonist Gundam, I, I, I enjoyed this one. I thought it was good. Yeah. The legs and stuff, I'm kind of on the fence about that. Yeah, they're different and new. But at the same time, I don't think it's very... Gundam, <laughs> but I like this suit. It, it looked pretty badass, I thought, and yeah, definitely uh, something that a good mid-tier villain would have in the show. Yeah, <laughs> a mid-tier enemy. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it. How about Farid's red thing? I don't think they ever even gave it a name in the show, if I recall. But it's called the Grimgird. Oh, this thing. Yeah, it's. You know what? I actually don't like this design. Because for me, it's less Mobile Suit Gundam and more almost Zone of the Enders or Evangelion in a way. It's just, I, I just don't like it, how it looks. It's kind of abstract, I guess you could say. I don't like the design. It doesn't have much features in its face and it's, the waist is too waspishly thin. It, it doesn't seem very uh, appropriate, I feel, for the universe or for uh, the series. 
I definitely agree. I thought the same thing. It reminded me of Techoman Blade, which was released here in America as Technoman back in the 90s, I think. Did you ever watch that show? No, I don't think so. T-E-K-K-A-M-A-N. Techoman, the Space Knight. (laughs) Yeah. So look at that design. And look they took at Mag- that design and they slapped red on it. But that's a great design in that universe. But I just right. I don't feel it in. No, it's not for Gundam. It's I think it's almost too organic and pointy. If that makes sense. There you go. Too organic and pointy. Too organic and pointy. It doesn't fit in the Gundam universe. It's almost like the Schwalbe grays taken yeah. to the next level, where the yeah. Schwalbe grays is very like angular. And, and like skinny in in sections and this just does that but like more I'll, I'll give it that it's very unique it almost looks like the suit's wearing a mask just like mcgillis is right it, it does have these weird i'll say rabbit ears on it which make it stand out a little bit again not something that i'd probably buy, buy. a model kit of <laughs> but it was a beast in the show I'll, I'll go one step further and say okay so we have our shark character and the shark character needs a red mobile suit as a as an homage to Char, this was not the suit that you put out to be that. You don't make this suit and then decide to ink it red for the show. So yeah, I, I think this was a, a misfire on their part. It is a strange suit. I, I don't know how to feel about it. Yeah, they give it a golf clap. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I was looking it up for this, I did read about it. it's not even a Gundam frame. It's on something called a. Valkyra frame. I assume maybe they talk about that in season two. They might. Do you remember I, that at all? Off, off the top of my head, no. I don't remember too yeah. much about them going too in depth about the frames. Apparently, there were seventy-two Gundams made, and there were ten of these made. Hmm. So, so it's, seen, it's like a parallel guess, development to the Gundam. Oh uh, well, the Gundams were better. <laughs> Let me tell you that. You got to cut your losses when you can. <laughs> you should not have built this. It also just uh, has a weird name, the Grimgird. That's not that's that's not mass marketable. No, it's not. It's just it's not a good design. I don't like the two little sword things. The rabbit ears are bad, like you said. The thing with Gundam, I feel like a lot of the mobile suits have to look like they're from within the same universe, and this looks like it was pulled from a PlayStation game. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So I, I, I'm not a fan, and I don't think this was the right choice for the uh, the show and uh, the right choice for a red mobile suit. If you disagree with me, leave a comment. Explain why. <laughs> why you like this mobile suit. Why you like why? the Grimgird. <laughs> why you like the rabbit ears. Yeah. I mean, I could definitely see someone liking it. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, there are better mobile suits to like. Don't, don't, don't like this one. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's just not our taste. I'm sure it has its fans. I guess, Brian, but I don't know. You and I kind of, we, we, if we don't have the same similar preferences for mobile suits and models, we, we definitely appreciate most of the diverse and interesting looks. And this one just isn't firing right, you know. This, this one, he kind of looks like he's wearing bowling shoes. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it makes it a lot less menacing if you imagine him going bowling. Yeah, I don't like those shoes. Those are <laughs> What's worse, his his shoes or or the stiletto? The stilettos are worse. Okay. The stilettos are always worse. <laughs> All right. Okay. What about the Gray's Iron, or as I call it, the Iron Psycho Gundam? The Iron Psycho Gundam Gray's Iron Monster Beast Tower Monster <laughs> Massive Queen of Death. Um, yes, that that's the one. First of all, what a lazy name, the Gray's Iron. It could have done better. We could have called it. I don't know the. Uh, 
I don't know, a, a shadow pacifier or something like that. I don't know. But I thought this thing was pretty awesome. The color scheme is great. I liked how the mono eye was, you know, a, a stark red. And it was just a beast to behold in combat. Its legs, <laughs> again, the stilettos I could have done without. <laughs> but they're like claw stilettos. Yeah, but I mean, that, that's still, they're stilettos. <laughs> I could have done with bigger platforms just because of the size of this. Those those little spiky feet look a little dainty and frail. <laughs> a little unstable. Yeah. But this thing just screams villain, and I'm glad it was the final boss. It was pretty damn awesome. Yeah, I think this this probably was the most menacing thing in the show, and that's what you needed for that final battle. That was probably my favorite design in the show. Out of all the bland Galahorn mobile suits, this one was the, the cream of the crop. It was the least bland, and they all did all they had to do was, you know, give it little spiky nails and then uh, <laughs> throw a dark coat of paint on it and send it out to fight. That's and it, it had took. axes. Yeah, it had dual wielding battle axes of death. Giant axes, by the way. This thing is, what, twice the size of Barbados? Probably. Maybe even taller. I don't remember. <laughs> it was enormous. Yeah. It was exactly the type of mobile suit you'd send out to fight a city. It was a lot like the Destroy from Gundam Seed. Yeah. It was that Gundam Seed Destiny. What, either way. Uh, the, the, the Psycho Gundam suit, was, yeah. yeah, Seed Destiny. Yeah. The oversized mobile suit that they always send out to, like, destroy a large area. <laughs> I, I was glad I, I got to see it though. It was it was great for the uh, the climax of this season, and I could see myself putting one together. I'm not sure it'd be at the top of my list, but I really like the design. It's a very much a, a beast. It's super intimidating, yeah. which was the goal, and it was great to see Mika get his butt kicked, you know, pretty good by this thing in that in that final battle until yeah. the very end. All because he was uh, hooked up on the inside. <laughs> yeah, poor Ayn. Again, I'm, I'm the human pilot or the human machine. Whatever's <laughs> left of Ayn is in this thing. Yeah. Oh. Are there any other suits you'd like to touch on? I think those were the major ones. Pretty much. At least much. in season I mean, one. Anything that Tewaz and the pirates were flying around was just bland <laughs> horse manure. <laughs> bland horse manure. The same, the same with you know the Galahorn nonsense that they threw at at Tekadin and their enemies. Um, pretty forgettable designs, I felt, this season. Uh, we'll see what next season has to hold. But uh, over, overall, these designs were different, but not interesting. Yeah, I mean, I do give them credit for going with different designs, um, like a different direction. Mm-hmm. To, maybe to, to fit the tone of the show, which was maybe a little bit different. But I agree, I, maybe just for us, I, I don't know that these designs worked as a whole. No, we're not fans. I'd say it was a lukewarm design, ultimately. Didn't hit all the notes. Yeah. Great series, though. Great season. Yeah, and I think that's a testament to how good the show was, right? Seems like both of us did not really enjoy the the suit designs that much, but we still think this was one of the best AU or alternate universe series for Gundams. The plot pulls you in. I will say, though, that what was different, too, about this season is almost no fleet battles. I can't believe how many other Gundam series are just packed with fleet battles, especially in the UC, just massive amounts of ships going at it, blowing each other out of the sky. This was such a small, self-contained story. Maybe that's that's probably one of its strengths. It just really 
pulled you in on on its small scope as you just follow the small group completing their missions and trying to survive it's a really well done season and uh you should definitely watch it if you haven't and you've reached this point in the podcast for a show you haven't seen um (laughs) check it out online it's a it's a good season yeah that that's actually a good segue into things that i liked about the show one of my likes is what i call set pieces so this show had great set pieces and what i mean by that is like you said a lot of Gundam series have these big fleet battles so to impress you they sort of rely on just throwing you know 20 gyms out and then having a moose eye blow them all up and all, you know all these zakus attack and it's just sort of this mass mayhem uh, oh god kind of <laughs> like you know all Gundam battles are like d-day right you know just everyone yeah. rolls up at the same time and they all kind of just rush into each other and go at it yeah <laughs> but, but like you said this one was much more smaller and focused and so because it was smaller and focused that means they had to do more with less and they did so they had a lot of like i think there was at least three or four episodes where tekka didn't pulled off these crazy ship maneuvers that were like surprising for the audience so there was i think the first one they did was when they flew into like a smoke screen and dropped some some people off onto the ship that they flew next to and those those people like infiltrated the ship and and, and whatever and then there was another one they were blockaded or something and they and they took one ship and they just rammed it through they put some like armor on the front and the the one guy just <laughs> piloted it right through there was one scene where they used like combustible gas uh, which i thought was really neat mika fights this transformable suit at one point and he with like a tow cable kind of thing, and he, he he steals its cable and he like plunks the cable into an asteroid, preventing the guy from leaving, which was pretty funny. And then, like I said, there were no beam weapons, so I, I just thought this this show had a really good fight choreography and like fight planning. Um, so that that really impressed me. It was much more than just okay, mobile suits fly out and they shoot each other. We we didn't see a whole lot of that. Absolutely, and it fits in the universe that the show's created. Gallahorn's the only military in the universe in between all the planets. Sure, there might be a corporation here or there, a group of pilots that managed to pull together, you know, a few mobile suits, but this really explains why there's no a bunch of different sides that have their own fleets and all that and they all fight every Sunday. Um <laughs> it's it really fit in with the storyline and it's a smaller scope. But and the stakes are actually smaller if you think about it. You know they're not fighting, to, you know, to to protect Mars from being annihilated by the the Gallarhorn super weapon or anything like that, right? That's not what the threat is. They're a small organization on a mission to protect this woman and also you know help her complete her goal of getting a bit more political autonomy and you know economic freedom for Mars. That's it. That's a pretty small scope. But it's a, such a well-done plot that it, it's worth watching if you're on the fence. One of the other things I liked about the show was the Alaya uh, Vinyana system in general. I thought that this was a pretty cool adaptation of the new type concept. Like different yeah. shows try different things to sort of imitate the, the new type. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm going to be a really good pilot better than everyone else kind of ability. Yeah. And I think the different shows sort of have different degrees of success of doing that. And I think this was one of the better ones. So, like, for example, seed mode in seed, I always thought that was really weird (laughs) Uh, and really odd. Especially when it cracks on screen. (laughs) Yeah, but, like, you know, what is a seed? Uh, Anyway, I just thought that was very strange. But but here I thought it was a really cool, tangible way of adapting that idea. And fitting in with this show, it had a lot of consequences. Because they introduced it to you in episode, uh, I think, one or two. 
And right away you can see that, okay, maybe using this thing is not the easiest on the human body. I think uh, Mika starts bleeding from either his nose or one of his eyes or something like that. And so right away you, you wonder, wow, this is a long show. I wonder if this kid is going to be able to endure this the whole time. And sure enough, at the end of the season one, like one of his eyes doesn't see too well anymore. And I think his right arm just doesn't move. <laughs> so again, the series has some teeth and Mika took the consequences of using the Elia Vignana system to its max during that battle with the uh, with Ayn's uh, Grey's Ayn or the Ayn's Iron Psycho Gundam. I agree. I'd say it's a more grounded approach to making somebody a above average or superhuman pilot. It's actually a technological solution to wanting to put new types in your season without putting new types in your season. But this might be the only time we see that there's a downside to that ability. I haven't seen any new types in the other series um, or the UC's timeline have any side effects to their powers, right? You're just... Well, the cyber new types go crazy, but the natural ones, mm, I mean, they're they're emotionally unstable. The cyber new types don't count, and I'll tell you why. Because they were never reliable enough that they did anything great, and they always got outclassed by the real new types. That's true. <laughs> if you disagree with me in the comments, make a comment. <laughs> You're just fishing for disagreements today. Yeah. But getting back to this season, I mean, they're useless. Nobody wants a cyber new type. You just get the real thing. <laughs> but getting back to this, I really like that there were, there were consequences to its use. Uh, not only that, but it was looked down upon by the bad guys. And kind of to an extent by almost everybody else. And yeah, yeah it was a sign it, that you were human debris if you had the uh, yeah the Elia Vignana system. And I think they can only put it in children, right? Well, I don't, I don't know. I mean, Ayn wasn't. He was older, so they gave it to him. Although he was basically dead at that point. But yeah, they could do whatever they want to him. Yeah. <laughs> I I thought it was a, a interesting visual. Also, it's very visually brutal. You can imagine having that thing in you. It's kind of painful looking and. Yeah, they don't pull any punches. Like when he sits Body down, horror. It, it looks yeah, yeah it, looked, it looks painful when it plugs in and just oof, it makes you cringe. And now I think that was the goal, so they they accomplished that. Yeah, just, uh, yeah, this brutal series. <laughs> another thing I liked this show was one of the funnier Gundam shows, actually. Really? Yeah, even though it's known for its brutality, there were a lot of moments in this show where I la- I laughed out loud, and that doesn't happen that often, especially in a Gundam show. I, I wouldn't describe Gundam as a funny series. It has its um, moments, yeah. But. So I, I noted some examples, and maybe you remember these. There was this guy in Tekken in, in episode one. His name was uh, Danji, or Donji. He ran out in a mobile worker, and, and he said, I have to get in close like a hero to do damage. When he said that, you knew he wasn't long for this world. And sure, <laughs> and sure enough, he got blown away. And then his, uh, <laughs> his friends... They lamented his death by saying Donji wanted to die smothered in breasts. It was just a <laughs> funny moment. <laughs> Another one in episode two. Someone in the first group, I think it was first group, McGillis and Gallahorn are auditing this guy. There's no enemy more feared than an auditor. An audit is also like a weirdly real world thing. And it's I'm pretty sure it's the first time we've ever heard of an auditor in Gundam. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, what were going to be the consequences of that audit? Like, was uh, was McGill's going to cut his budget or, like, make him restate his financials? Like, like, why was the guy so worried about it? Well, I, I assumed it was, if I'm trying to remember, this was the guy who was in command of the space station, right? Or that ship? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, it seems Gallahorn's a military organization. If there's some type of embezzlement or corruption going on, they probably would have killed him. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. In episode three, 
uh, Tekken got rid of the first group by giving him severance, which I thought was a real, real world way to make him go away. Like they couldn't protest because if they protested, they wouldn't get their severance. I thought Mika calling McGillis Chocolate Man throughout the series was hilarious. Chocolate Man. <laughs> oh, it, this was probably unintentionally funny, but in episode 15, uh, Tekadun is in, in the Dort colony trying to like hide from you know basically everybody. But they don't take off their Tekadun jackets like the whole time. Like they're just, just running around with their logo on their back. Probably in not the best de- idea. <laughs> in their defense, Tekadun had been like such a recently created organization. I'd be surprised if anybody but like <laughs> Their direct enemies knew who they were. <laughs> yeah, that's that could be fair. Yeah. Uh, in episode 19, uh, Atra has to move Cadelia's hair out of the way while boarding a shuttle. And I think Cadelia's hair, it got bigger and had more of a life of its own every time we saw Cadelia, especially in like the first half of the show. In episode 19, they were that was the re-entry fight when they were re-entering uh, Earth's atmosphere, which, by the way, reminded me a lot of uh, the original Mobile Suit Gundam, which was kind of yeah. a, a cool callback. Uh, and so Mika's fighting this guy, this grunt suit, and the grunt tells him, I will not allow Martian suits on my Earth. And and then we cut to later, you know, Mika, he's prevented from getting into the shuttle. And the whole question is, is Mika alive? Did he make it through reentry? And you find out that Mika ended up using this this guy's grunt suit as a shield to, to reenter the Earth's atmosphere. <laughs> oh, poor guy. Oh, and probably maybe the funniest stuff was uh, with Mika and Akihiro's battle with uh, Karta on Earth. Yeah. So so her her suits line up behind her and they like pose, and Akihiro just shoots one of them while they're posing, and and Akarta gets really upset because he he has like no manners, and and he says uh, and Akihiro says it's okay to shoot right, and Mika says of course and and it's like you know it subverts expectations and they do the same thing two episodes later in episode twenty three, that's when Karta challenges Tekadin to a three versus three duel. And so right away, if you've watched a lot of anime, you're expecting like three episodes now of a one-on-one fight. But right away, Mika just ignores the rules and he just like flies right in and just curb stomps her whole team. Yeah, he, he ruined her rules again. And I don't know, it just, just really funny. <sighs> it was such a well-done season. Did you have any dislikes that we did not cover yet? Well, we went over the harem ship. I wasn't a fan of that. <laughs> yeah, I did. that's on my list of dislikes as well. I don't have a lot of dislikes for this season. I liked how grounded and self-contained it was. I think since they didn't have to do a huge scale of a war, they were able to really do a more human and intimate plot. So I really enjoyed that. And I don't really have that many dislikes. At first I thought it was going to be too brutal, especially when uh, Mikazuki executes that guy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That shocked me. But after that, I was just kind of along for the ride and i really liked it i don't have any dislikes that really stick out aside from the mobile suit design for the cannon fodder being very forgettable compared to previous series that we've had yeah that's about it yeah i think beyond the the mobile suit designs i didn't have that many dislikes really obviously the harem ship but that is what it is so brian how many haros would you give iron-blooded orphans season one so i'm assuming we're doing out of 10 haros We'll do out of 10. We'll keep it 10. Base 10. None of these five five (laughs) nonsense. 10 being the highest and 1 being the lowest. Because we like our Haros. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to give it a solid 8 out of 10 Haros. What about you? Oh boy. I'm on the fence between like a 7 or an 8. But I'll lead into it and go with an 8. I'll match you on it. It wasn't a perfect series. A perfect season. 
but overall it, it was a really fun ride and i would encourage anybody that's even new to gundam to watch this season because it's a self-contained story you don't have to see previous seasons or anything like that it really gives you everything you need to enjoy the series and uh Give it a try. You won't be disappointed. And if you are, leave a comment explaining why why you didn't like the season, <laughs> besides the mobile suits, why you, why you just weren't a fan of it. What did it do wrong? And Or if you liked it, write a comment what you liked about it, what you think it did right. And another reason to watch it is it's super available. It's on pretty much all the streaming services. So you probably have access to it right now. You just maybe didn't know about it. So I would like to give you my hopes for season two, so you can either laugh at me or... Applaud your foresight. I won't yes, applaud your yeah. foresight. I won't. I won't give you any <laughs> sign that you're correct or incorrect. Okay. Okay. So my hopes for season two are that Galio comes back because again we saw nobody. I hope that there's better uh, mobile suit designs in season two, maybe more variety. I get the sense that a lot of people are going to die in season two, but the only two people I hope don't die are Akihiro, our pal and atra because you already killed biscuit you can't take atra away from me too she's the most wholesome <laughs> character in the show that'd be a crime she better not die at this point brian anybody can die as biscuit has has taught us oh biscuit rest in peace biscuit poor guy yeah man that was tragic visually he doesn't even look like any of the other characters like his his design animation <laughs> was so so rounded almost like a like a, like a miyazaki character right <laughs> yeah he was designed to make you like him they did that because they knew they were going to kill him. Those jerks. Yeah, that was well done. Very Shakespearean. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brian, like Ayn in his mobile suit at the end of the series, we've come to the end. <laughs> so yeah, 8 out of 10 Haros from both of us. So watch it, stream it, leave us a comment if you love the, the red rabbit ears and tell Isaac that he's wrong. Brian has been assigned season two to watch in completion. He will complete it at his own leisure. <laughs> so before we go, Isaac, this this podcast is actually now live on a lot of different distribution platforms. Prior to this, we've been uh, recording this basically without putting it out, and we, we're finally live. So now we can tell everyone uh, where you can find us. Where can you find us, Brian? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, and Stitcher, as well as Podbean, which is our podcast host. Thank you, Podbean. Awesome. Thank you, Podbean. We appreciate it. We'll uh, we'll make a Gundam Podbean <laughs> in your honor. What would a Gundam Podbean look like? Would it be like the body would look like a string bean? <laughs> I thought it like would just have their colors and their logo on like the shoulder pads uh, or something. That makes way more sense. A string bean? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. I thought you were going for like a really anthropomorphic like bean suit. If I kind of picture like um, you remember the windmill Gundam? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like like, like that, but like a sugar pea. So like it's it's like the pod. That crescent moon-shaped pod and like yeah. inside are three peas, but like the bean at the top is like the head of a Gundam. Yeah, it sticks out. <laughs> and it's got four arms and four legs. And it looks like a guy wearing a banana costume. Pretty much, yeah, but green. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, that's the podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you don't want your capital ship or mobile suit to be destroyed, smash that like button, comment, <laughs> subscribe, and tune in next time for our next episode.